Where's Lurch? Uh, he's in the freezer. Did you say cool off? No, I didn't say anything, actually. Shame. There was a bit earlier on that you missed when uh, I distracted him with the cuddly monkey, and then I, I said, playtime's over, and I hit him with the peace lily. You're off the chain! All right, we are kicking off 2021 with episode 190 of Pop Culturally Deprived. For each week, we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is somehow still most of them, and talk about the greater good, the bad, and the crusty jugglers. This week, we're going to be talking about hot fuzz on your Nobody Tells Me Nothing podcast. Happy New Year. We made it. Happy New Year. We did. 2020 (laughs) is over. Clearly, because we recorded this and we know how things go, the end of 2020 (laughs) has been amazing. And all all the ales that we had last year are sorted. It's really difficult. It's recording ahead thing, isn't it? That coronavirus (laughs) stuff was just awful, wasn't it? Thank God that's over. Hope we get a new showrunner for the 2021 season. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why I always say that podcasting is time travel, though, because (laughs) we're recording this in November. Everybody's listening to this in January or, you know, potentially in like 2030 when somebody's, (laughs) you know, in our archives. It's just time travel. You think there are going to be people around in 2030 to listen to this? (laughs) One can only hope. I mean, it can only get better from here, right? (laughs) We said that in 2016. And it'll be hipsters who are like, oh, yeah, I really like using an actual MP3 player to listen to podcasts <laughs> rather than, you know, the holographic mental interface. You know, you've right. got to hear that scratchy audio. <laughs> and the lovely voice that you've all just heard, Laura Stewart Berry, is back to join us for this movie. Laura, welcome to the show. Hello and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. In November. In November. <laughs> Get the illusion. Hot fuzz. Mm. Hot fuzz. Yes. Been excited for this one for about four years now, <laughs> but had to watch a number of other films first. It's <laughs> one or two. <laughs> I was watching yeah. this thinking, is Mandy going to watch this film and go, this is why Matthew always goes, yarp? Yarp. When I ask him stuff. <laughs> I honestly didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I think... Right now, the best part about us recording this is because I decided not to take notes. You have no idea <laughs> if I liked this movie or not. Oh, no, you liked this movie because it's an exceptionally good movie. <laughs> like, and I'm I not just, even questioning that. I just listened to your Shaun of the Dead, and I thought you wouldn't like that, and you liked it. So, well, she likes that, then the whole fuzz is, is a given. Don't disappoint. <laughs> All right. All right. Hot Fuzz was amazing. Right. <laughs> like, it was amazing. I mean, it was so much. Like, Shaun of the Dead was good. Mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz was exceptional. Right. Like, so good. And I haven't even seen Bad Boys 2. No. Right. And I feel like you need, like, and you don't need to see it, but I feel like there's a whole other level of yeah. enjoyment I would have had if I had seen it because I got the point break references mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. since we did that on the show not too long ago. Oh, actually, I guess that was like a year ago. <laughs> Uh, time flies. March? Oh, that was Keanu month. No, wasn't that Keanu month? That was, oh, it was Keanu month. Last yes, fall. Yes. That was. October, I couldn't remember whether November? it was Keanu month or Women Directors Month. <laughs> so yeah, many I don't months. No, that was November. So that was, it's been a whole year since I saw it. But like all of the references to that just 
were amazing and tickled me to death. And there were a few bad boy references that I could like visually that I could pick up on. And I was like, that's from bad boys. Right. And, you know, Joseph was watching it with me and he confirmed. And so I was just thinking this had to be just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, if if you knew all of the references, the, the point of the bad boys thing is that Michael Bay action styly, the sort yeah. of ground level upwards mm-hmm. slow motion jumping through the air, mm-hmm. firing two guns thing. Um, yeah, L- Laura, why are you here talking to us about hot fuss? Uh, because I I was annoyed when you didn't do it for British Man. <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's probably one of the best truly British films. Because totally agreed. There's loads of stuff that's filmed here. There's lots of stuff that, uh, you know, and also it's not upper class British. You know, it's, it, I mean, it is working title, but it's not Rich Curtis, no. yeah. you know? Um, and I grew up about an hour away from Wells where it Brilliant. was filmed. And uh, yeah, so I'm from Somerset, as you can tell by my accent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard <laughs> the accent. Um, uh, and so it's really interesting. I was, I was thinking about it as... So I don't want to be insulting any of my relatives or anyone I grew up with, um, as I now live in London. But um, it just, just there's so much of it that's nostalgic. Um, more so for back when I was a kid, because I'm only a little bit younger than Peg and um, okay. Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably things are not like that now. You know, when I go back and visit, I don't think it's, but the, there's just things that, you know, Things like the, the the your bars on your phone going down as you're on the train on the way. It <laughs> yeah. goes straight back up again as soon as you're in a city or a village or what have you. But there's just those black spots. You think, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll bang on about that stuff later. But yeah, it's yeah. just a fantastic film. Yeah, I think the great thing with it is it's not mocking rural yeah. living and village living. It it is so gentle with the general thing of it, Be- uh, and you can watch it. Yeah, I grew up in a village very like this. It has 12 mm-hmm. streets in it. Catherine grew up in a village. like If if this was Catherine's village, her dad would have been one of the people on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's that it's just so similar to our lived experiences. And it's not, oh, these people are stupid. No. Uh, you know, Mandy, you, you will have seen this with the way Southerners are often portrayed in American mm-hmm. films. Like there is this thing of old hillbillies, the incestuousness, the idiocy. The, the, yeah, exactly. This doesn't go that far. It has a little bit of, no. you know, people who are a bit daft and stuff, but just in a British humour sort of way. But it is so. And at the same time, it's beautiful and it's lovely and everyone knows each other and everyone cares and it is a great village to live in. And then it has this uh, uh, just ridiculous plot on top of it. It's wonderful. Great. But in terms of us doing it for British Month, I don't think we could have done this without seeing Shaun of the Dead. No, no, I agree. I, I think it works better when you're not seeing it as these characters, when it's Simon Pegg and particularly Nick Frost playing these roles. Mm-hmm. I think. And I'm hoping Mandy will elaborate on her thoughts on that. I I think had we watched them close together, I would have had a harder time separating them. Okay. Um, but watching this yesterday, it didn't even occur to me because it's so different. Right. Like Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is so versatile and I didn't realize that. Um, but we re- also recently started watching The Boys. Okay. And he plays Huey's dad. Mm. And that is a completely different role than I'd ever seen him in. Okay. And so that's what I had in my head. And then I started watching this and it starts with him with that really low action fighter voice. <laughs> right. And I'm like, is that really Simon Pegg talking? And it was. But 
they, the characters were so very different than what we got in Shaun of the Dead that it was very easy for me to, like, I didn't even think of Shaun of the Dead while I was watching it. Mm. But if we had watched them back to back, mm. it would have been slightly tougher. Yeah. Mm. I like this one. that I mean, Peg's kind of playing against type. I think before this, mm-hmm. it had been, I think, it had really only been spaced and um, Shaun of the Dead, I mm-hmm. think, wasn't it, that he was known for? Yeah. Uh, so it's quite a change. Uh, and I think he's better here than he is in anything else. This he's really good here. I I really, really like him, Scotty. Yeah, I do like him, yeah. Scotty. But yeah, I think he's very very good here. I also think Nick Frost is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. Uh, I think I liked Nick Frost better here than I did in Shaun of the yeah, Dead. I re- I really, I really, I just listened to your episode before this on Shaun of the Dead to make sure I was up to speed. Um, <laughs> and and I watched Shaun of the Dead this morning because I'd only seen it once before, and I thought, oh, there's probably some. Mm-hmm. Whilst hiding behind a cushion, presumably. <laughs> no, I was okay with this bit because okay. it's that kind of comedy. And it was daylight. You're okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and zombies, I don't think are that scary. Okay. Uh, I mean, if I met one, maybe. But um, <laughs> the same. Yeah, and I really don't like Nick. I'm just um, Nick Frost's character in Shaun the Dead. I hate you. <laughs> Whereas um, Danny's just so adorable. Mm-hmm. Clueless but adorable. And their friendship's just gorgeous. It is. It is. When um, he left the birthday party to go buy him the, the peace lily, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my heart. Someone so was saying to me on uh, online that originally there was a love interest written for Nicholas Angel, but she was taken out and a lot of her lines were given directly to Danny. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which when you watch, I, I couldn't necessarily identify any specific lines, but there's a kind of tone between them. It's I don't think you know, I'd ever ship them as such, but it's a very, it's quite an intimate relationship quite quickly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think it's impressive they do that because if you think of Angel's, you know, quite rigid to start with. and But I don't know, it didn't feel like it happened too quickly. They were not super clear. Like when they did the montages of time passing, mm-hmm. like it felt like more time passed than actually had. Mm-hmm. Like I was surprised to find out that only two, he had only been in town for two weeks mm. when things started happening because it felt like because he had gotten close to Danny at that point and you could tell they were friends. And so it just felt like that he had been there longer. Mm. But I, there was a line somewhere in there that said it had only been two yeah. weeks. And I was surprised. So I think if they hadn't put that line in there, I wouldn't have questioned it at all. It just felt like this is something that evolved over time. Mm. It's a lovely relationship, though. It's so good. And we say this every time there is a genuinely good bromance, for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. You know, two guys that's not a, a love relationship, romantic thing. It's it's really good. It's so good to see. It's refreshing because we don't get it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause they're not normally written very well. Mm. You know, buddy, no. buddy things. It's, yeah, it's, it's all still very macho. Yeah, the might be toxic. A, mm. Yeah, and the might there might be a line about I don't know the, the wife died or something blah 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 and then they look into the distance and it's a bit awkward and then they move on to something else you know there's not really much mm. whereas here they talk about you know him being too invested in the job and um and you know danny's uh, i mean later on his um it's just going along with whatever his dad says and that i yeah i just think it's it's quite human mm-hmm. and it works at the heart of it but then there's all the other characters and there's a lot of characters and they all get their moments and they all get their foibles. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I mean, it's, it, it is slightly sort of Vicar of Dibley. It's that kind of BBC <laughs> humor, 
but it works in the film context. You don't need episode mm-hmm. after episode of catchphrases and stuff. They're just mm-hmm. great. That's what I love. It's that just juxtaposition of this very Hollywood action mm-hmm. cop, um, and then also a thriller with a murder mystery. Mm. And then, but the setting being this, this tiny village, and even when it comes to the murders, how mundane the reasons are. There's this amazing elaborate plot that he un- <laughs> yeah. uncovers, and they say, "Well, no, that isn't why we killed them. It's because of a stupid laugh and and the ugly house." Yeah, and I just I love that that mundane. Yeah. Mm. I can say I did not see the ending coming. Okay, like the actual. I thought so for the longest time. I thought. Well, Skinner's too obvious, but they're clearly setting him up to be the bad guy. And I was like, that's just too obvious because they're really, like, honing in on him. And then I thought, well, it's going to be the trolley boy. Why is it going to be the trolley boy? Well, because if you think about movies and the twist that they do, he's the big, quiet guy. Of course it's going to be him. Like, there was no plot reason for me to think that. I was just trying to figure out, like, if I were writing a story, what would it be? And so then it, it he was the first one unmasked, right? And so I was like... I knew it. But then we find out, oh, Skinner was involved. And then he chases him down. And then you get the whole neighborhood watch council. And it was like, what? And then Danny walked in. And I was like, oh, Danny's part of it. But he wasn't. So that's good. Didn't, yeah, I didn't. I, had, I thought it was just one person. I had no idea. It was the whole freaking neighborhood. It was great. And it works on rewatch as well when you then, there's so many things hidden in there mm-hmm. that when you know, when you watch through that you just don't necessarily pick up the first time. It's really yeah, it's, it's not one of those things where they're like lying to you. Like it's all no. there. It's all set up um, if you know what to look for. Mm. And the script is so dense. I mean, everything mm-hmm. is, is a gag or a setup or yeah. a callback or... Yeah, it's, uh, it, oh, it, but it's reference. not forced. No, no, it's very natural, but mm. it's, I started writing down to start with it. I was like, well, there's just too many. Right. <laughs> it never wastes an opportunity to do something funny, mm. but it does them in service of the plot quite a lot yeah. of the time to keep things moving, mm-hmm. to keep keep it. I, I mean, even right at the beginning where he's being moved on by the, the Met Police and he says, you know, with respect, you can't make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. It's like, that's the plot. He's just told you what's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't even. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I right. had not picked up on that, actually. That's a really good point. Okay. I need to, like, I need to rewatch it now. Mm. And, yeah. and this, this, I think, and, and, you know, it's been a little while, so Laura, you'll be able to tell us even better than this. I think one of the things we loved about Short of the Dead was how much they set up as they went through particularly the Winchester rifle, but there was just lots of stuff you yeah. mentioned early on that becomes mm-hmm. used again. In you know, it's a gag early on. It becomes a, a bigger reference later. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. this film does it in exactly the same way. Yeah, um, I think there's more of it in this one. Mm. I think there's a lot more. And even, like, tiny things. Um, I'm trying to think of one now. But, it's yeah, it, it's just so beard. many... <laughs> <laughs> there's so many layers so many layers of kind of callbacks and references and what have you and, and setups. It's um, yeah, beautifully done. I mean, I mean, the big one. It, 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 I'm going from what we talked about the the Winchester as being the greatest Chekhov's gun, possibly in mm-hmm. cinema, and in here we've got Chekhov's swan. Yes. But you know, all the way through, you've got this swan being chased, and oh, a swan can break a man's arm, and yes. then right at the end, the swan goes off and breaks his arm. Wonderful, and that's how you wrap up an action yeah. sequence. 
Yeah. Yeah. Did this come out before or after Shaun of the Dead? After. 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 Three years? About that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, three years, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. This was so much better than Shaun of the Dead. I I think it really is, yeah. Much more cinematic. The the other thing I remember talked about was that Shaun of the Dead is, it feels like a TV episode writ large. Mm. This feels like a film. Mostly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the action at the end goes a bit more into TV fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, that that That's my, my one problem with the film, is, is the action bit at the end feels like it breaks the characters a little. When he suddenly sees the DVD of Point Break, and he's like... Sir, is there anything I can do for you? No. This is something I have to do myself. And he, he starts talking like that for the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually one of my favorite parts. Well, and, and, and that's what I think the film is made for. The film is made because they want to have a gunfight in Summerfield and in the middle of Wales. That That is the whole setup mm-hmm. for this. How do we get to the point where we've got people going around with shotguns and hand cannons and all sorts in Wales? A Tommy gun? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that again that was brilliantly set up when they say they says you know you do know there are more guns in the country than there are in the city everybody and their mums is packing around there like who farmers who else farmers mums you know everyone's packing <laughs> yeah. heat the first people you see there farmers and who else or farmers mums and yeah the first people you see it's a farmer's mum a farmer and his mum who has a gu- oh that's just a beautiful <laughs> bit of setup <laughs> I, I mean, and, and it is almost a danger that we can just gush over this. And, I thought that's what we were going to do. How how good it's going to be. Well, the thing I wanted to ask you, Laura, is is any more of your experience from sort of recognising the people and the locations? Uh, the, the, and, and did it do anything to the area after it came out? Um, I'm not aware that it did. I'm sure some people go to Wells for that. Uh, like I said, so I, I grew up about an hour south of Wales. Hmm. I've been there a few times, but I mean, it's okay. a pretty city. I mean, it is a city. It's the smallest freestanding city in England. Just a little uh, <laughs> factoid there because it has a cathedral, which you don't see because they've actually digitally painted it out. Oh, really? Because they wanted oh, wow. it to be a village. So if yeah. you have the cathedral. Um, so I've been there, but to be honest, I recognize it as being a town from Somerset. I wouldn't necessarily have said it was Wales if someone didn't mm. tell me which one, um, because there's lots of pretty little towns, so we didn't really go there that often. But yes, things like, um, and again, I think this is more of my childhood in the 80s versus particularly what it was like now, but things like the underage drinking in the pub mm-hmm. and it kind of being an accepted thing that, well, they're, they're not far off and it's better they're here than out on the streets. That very much felt like something. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone saying hello in the street. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, definitely in a village like that, not necessarily like the towns and things, but no, absolutely. Because everyone does know everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, so when, um, when they're chasing the shoplifter and then it turns out Danny knows him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and exactly where he lived in that. Um, one thing that really made me laugh is the wine options in the pub being red or white. <laughs> I really remember that. Again, now it wouldn't be now the gastro pubs yeah, and what yeah. have you, but it absolutely was something. Um, but yeah, and, and he isn't even from round here. Is is very very the, the classic locals yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> but again, as you say, I, I don't think though it was it was very gentle teasing 
as opposed mm. to mocking mm. and it you know it there are things uh you know the whole country bumpkin idea and everyone's marrying their cousins and what have you is mm -hmm. is you know it wouldn't be a particularly fun no. uh, route to go down and i think they really balance it well and yeah i think it shows that edgar wright is from wells you know that's it's what he grew up with and, and um peg is from gloucester okay which okay. is because it's set in South Gloucester, I assume that's why they moved it from Somerset, is because of peace in Gloucester. So you know they they experience that and they have a warm, um, mm. warm regard for for that. So nice. yeah, I, I just think it painted really well. And there's always going to be part of me that's really excited to see the, the Edinburgh Wall Mill <laughs> side. <laughs> because they did keep it in the nostalgia of Summerfield. Mm. Which mm. um, man? It's a supermarket chain we don't have anymore, but that was a proper mm. supermarket oh. chain. And um, okay. Edgar Wright actually stacked shelves in the Summerfield in Wells, and that okay. is the outside of the Summerfield. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it just there's a sort of nostalgia for me, I think, with it. Yeah, because I I reached out to my one of my closest friends. His wife is from Wells, oh, so okay. just the same same sorts of questions, and and she said exactly the same thing. Yeah, the supermarket has now closed down. There's <laughs> nothing yeah, there. Well, of that course. sort of thing. <laughs> Apparently, the pub has a lot of memorabilia. Um, even though it's not oh, the it's pub not the they pub. used, it was yeah. it was a different set, but yeah. but they'd like the association with it. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. And, and the thing that she did say, and this is, it's got to be said, not an easy thing to do. The accents are pretty good. Yeah, I thought they. The, I mean, the only thing I'd say, uh, and I can't remember from when I was a kid, but when I go back now, not that many people really have strong accents there's right. a few people still have them in fact uh my friend school friend vicky you know i grew up with that shout out to vicky um, hello vicky <laughs> um she did a phd on um how the um accent is changing because mm, it's being diluted okay i'm sure that isn't the title i'm sure it's far more academic but it, that was how she explained it to me <laughs> so what is it a thing then so like we had the two older gentlemen who needed translators oh. essentially <laughs> Right. What did he say? Said as his edge, you know, he only talked down because he couldn't see the view no more, was he mongo? What did he say? He said an edge is an edge. He only chopped it down because it spoiled his view. What's Reaper moaning about? Right. Look, I appreciate your position, Mr. Webley, but you can't go around chopping down other people's hedges without permission. Ah, bows. Yes, I suppose. Thank you. Right. All right. So is is that accent uh, like common in maybe older folks, or was that just a gag? I think uh, yeah, there would have been sort of like one guy when I was a kid, maybe. You know, I, I the problem is I'm saying all of this. I've not lived in the country for about twenty years, so <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, I think there would have been like the uh, old, normally older person, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, especially the farmers. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of a farmer thing. Yeah, you wouldn't sort of be hearing that accent if you're walking down the street. Okay, okay. Um, and I, I mean, I love that scene then when they have to take the other guy to translate for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like the evolution of that of by the end, Nicholas could understand him. Yeah. Like, like I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie. And it's like what you guys were talking about. They're not mocking it at all mm -hmm. because by the end of it, he has become one of these townspeople. He chooses Absolutely. to stay because he likes it. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's it's heartwarming and it's mm. endearing and it's it makes me want to go 
live in a village in <laughs> England somewhere. But yeah, they they don't change because he's cut. He's arrived there. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. changes because of yeah. how good they are. It's great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also, I think it's unusual that you've got a cop movie and it's about the straight arrow. It's not about a maverick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's. But the straight arrow is the maverick in this town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many clever things, but for you know what could be seen as a throwaway comedy, mm. it's um, I think it's very clever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think it is one of the great British films because it doesn't do, oh here's Stephen Fry, oh here's Dame Judi Dench, <laughs> oh here's you know, you know the the establishment. It has a few big cameos. It gets them out of the way right at the beginning as the London folk, and then you're left mm-hmm. with kind of Jim Broadbent. I mean, Jim playing... Broadbent is he's not a nobody. No, well, no, exactly. They're, they're like it, he is the one remaining person who I think is properly famous, properly establishment. Um, I mean, Edward Woodward was. He's in it, isn't he? Not sure. Isn't he, he um, the NWA guy? Uh, he could be, but but not not on the same level. Not on the same level as Bill Nye and Martin Freeman and no. The other two cameos that I'm not mentioning, in case Mandy noticed them, or we can ask her if she can remember who they might have been. So the Father Christmas who stabs <laughs> Simon Pegg through the hand uh-huh. is Peter Jackson. Oh, and, I didn't pick up on that. And I, I mean, a better it's, it's one than that. two frames. Janine, his yeah. ex-girlfriend. Who do you think Janine is? Who has, who has this long... S- emotional scene with him, except the point is you can't see her face. She sounded familiar, but I didn't look up who she She's was. She's a very famous Oscar winner. <laughs> very famous. Very famous. It's Kate Blanchett. Really? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And supposedly she's in it because she loved Shaun of the Dead and so she <laughs> wanted to be in their next film. And it's a whole thing, like, they, they thought it was even funnier that they could cast her as the person you don't see. And mm-hmm. she then gave her fee to charity because she's like, I'm not really in this. It's fine. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if it was Bob or Dave in that scene, is Joe Cornish. Yes. The yeah, because Adam director. Buxton is in. Mm. <gasps> oh, Adam Buxton, Dr. Buckles. That's one of my, he's in so few things. And I really like, he does a fantastic podcast. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I love seeing him in this. Because yeah, th- th- this is, I think, the other reason why it's a great British film because it does have so many sort of British references and, and actors that we know from other stuff. So we can, you know, you watch it, you're like, oh, that's Adam, that's this guy, oh, or the woman from Dinner Ladies, or yes, you know, other people that we will recognise. But it's not Stephen Fry. <laughs> it's no. not the one that we've put in to get the international recognition. <laughs> and Bill Nye is the closest I think they come to that, and he is just thrown away at the beginning. <laughs> And Martin Freeman. Yes. Yeah. For me, I was recognizing, you know, Stephen Merchant. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I don't mm. know actors' names. There's the Argus Filch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Hound. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are the ones that I noticed. And it's just because I know their, like, I don't actually know the actors' names for, for those guys. I just know their characters. And Jim Broadbent, I forgot that was his name. Like, I'm like, I know him from several things. Mm. But I could not have told you his name. But it was for me. It was kind of like I recognize all these British actors because 
it's all the, the same. There's seven actors. <laughs> no, no, these were the other seven. Most well, exactly. Yeah, this is the B-list seven. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, because because uh, you know you got Bill Bailey playing two parts on the front desk. Because why wouldn't you have Bill Bailey again you can have doing? Him, you'd so have that, him twice. Okay. I couldn't tell if that was two different people or if it was the same person. <laughs> but then they showed them both on the screen one time, and I was like, oh, I guess it really is two people. So really Amazing the what they can do guy. nowadays with yeah. <laughs> camera tricks, man. <laughs> okay. I feel better now. <laughs> but the one that I really want to call out is this this film has got Olivia Coleman in it. Mm. And it's got Olivia yes. Coleman for two hours making smutty remarks at everyone. And this is one Doris Thatcher. <laughs> I could have given you the tour. I've been around the station a few times. Must have hit the sign at some speed. Took the old top off. I've had my top off on this layboy. Tats. Told him several times. You shouldn't eat late at night. Oh, I don't know. Quite like a little midnight gobble. <laughs> Cocks. Nice one, Doris. Nothing like a bit of girl on girl. <laughs> you don't mind a bit of manpower, do you, Doris? Oh, dirty bastard. <laughs> it's a perfect it film fantastic. because of that. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love the idea of people coming, who, you know, people who haven't necessarily seen her before and seen her in uh, The Crown and and The Favourite and then going and watching this. And Broadchurch. Yeah, I've seen her, in, you know, Broadchurch was the first thing I saw her in. And so I'm used to her being much more serious, you know. But then I watched um, something else. Fleabag. Okay. Fleabag. She was in Fleabag. Uh, yeah. so her character there was much more similar to this. But when I think of her, I think of Broadchurch mm-hmm. and The Crown and the very, very serious, yeah. serious business acting, right? And then you get always time for a little girl on girl. <laughs> Right, it was. She's amazing. She's she's incredible. Mm-hmm. And and she brings me back round to the accent conversation because one of the things I think of when I think of this film is her turning around and, and with wide eyes going, "What makes you think it was murder?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's it's so beautifully delivered. All this shouting and him going on about it, and then she's still not buying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's a real sort of Mr. Fraudal type moment. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Definitely lean into the accent there. Love it. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say we all love this movie. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it is a great film. It, it's surprising how good it is on top of Shaun of the Dead. Like Shaun of the Dead is a good film. Mm-hmm. But this is just such a step up. Yeah, I think maybe it was in Snake. I saw this before I saw Shaun of the Dead. So I was, mm. I've never been that bothered mm. by it. I think it's fine. Okay. It has good bits. Yeah. The the cinematography I thought was great. The way they faded in, not faded in, but cut from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very much that act, like Michael Bay action thing sometimes. But also sometimes it was just, oh, there was one in particular, and I can't remember specifically what it was, but I remember thinking, wow, that was really clever. And it was... I think it was Simon Pegg's character was like flopping down in the chair in his flat. And then like it transitioned to him flopping down in a chair as the cop. Mm-hmm. Or something very similar like that. Okay. Um, and they did that kind of thing a couple different times where the transition was just they did the same action. Yeah. In both co- like two completely or er- 
not related scenes. Mm. The, and I enjoy that kind of filmmaking. I think it was the guy in the mansion. Yeah, George Merchant. Up, he gets hit in the head and as he falls, I think Nicholas flops down into his chair. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I remember thinking that was really Absolutely. good. And then I, th- I think he says something like, you know, w- which which of these two films, well, which do you think I prefer? Well, which one first? It's like, yeah. oh, you've got to be pulling my leg. <laughs> Cut to them dragging the body. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> By the leg. <laughs> There's just so much thought has yeah. gone into it, and that's that is Edgar Wright's style all over. But yeah. it's just you can see him being really confident with it. Yeah, it was interesting yeah. watching Shaun of the Dead again this morning because I had assumed all of the like smash cuts and choppy editing was because of the action film mm-hmm. homage. But actually, there's quite a bit of that in Shaun of the Dead as well. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. his style. Um, but I really liked it with um, with quite mundane things like um, watering the peace lily and. Um, and like really choppy uh, cuts when they were doing the paperwork to make it seem really dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, the really fast cuts of get a beer out, go to the toilet, miss the toilet, flush the toilet, and then sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing flashy cinematography for Drunken Night Out? <laughs> Has this got any bit where it's to music? I mean, I know there's music, but you know, like in The Children of the Dead, where they are hitting the zombie landlord with the pool cues to Queen. And then Baby Driver, mm. obviously he does lots of different things to, mu- to mm. actually to the music. I was trying to think, I don't think. I don't. No, I think there was a lot of music in this because I, I have subtitles on when I watch and yeah. there were several instances where it would specifically tell me the name of the song that was playing. Yeah. None of them were songs I'm familiar with though because partially deprived there was, but. there was a lot of music but one thing i don't think there were any sort of actions that was to the time of the music no, no that that okay. baby driver style yeah. yeah no not in this okay hmm. it worked it just so much of it works so well you mentioned about being pop culture deprived did you feel a kinship with nicholas with the whole you, yes. you haven't seen point break you haven't <laughs> seen bad boys too. yes very much so <laughs> That's that's how you should be. You need to get that cut of him saying that and put that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and the Andy is telling them you've watched way too many movies, and Danny's like, "Uh, no, he hasn't. <laughs> I, that's me. That's me." <laughs> One thing was with them, which Daphne would not have. Um, well, it wouldn't have occurred to me the first time around because it wasn't an issue. But when uh, there's the big reveal and um, Danny's dad then is explaining why, um, and he said after his um, wife died, he said that that's when he decided he was going to make Sanford great again. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my god, Maga! Oh, I oh didn't my even... god! And it I think fits. my brain just doesn't hear those words anymore. But it is because it's, it's and and it's not just America; it's the same here now as well with with Brexit and what have you. But and it completely fits. You know, it's them wanting to go back to this better time, while yeah. better time in inverted commas, but while ignoring like the damage that is done to other people by being mm. in that, and the the othering of anyone who doesn't then fit with their plan. That's kind of like oh, deep, unintentionally <laughs> deep, but deep. Yeah. Mm, right. Really good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I heard that as well. I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. Mm. 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 And it's... and it wasn't planned as being that interesting at the time. No, not. But it's all. it's lasted, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I think the fact because he's wearing like a Victorian Bobby's outfit, isn't he? Yes, which he has hanging up in his in his office. Yeah. I saw it in the background in an earlier shot. I'm like, 
what is that in the background? Because there's nothing on by by accident here. No. Everything is on purpose. The, the I, I had never noticed before the picture of young Danny and and the mum and and him that in the same cowboy outfits yeah. they wear to the fair. And it's like oh, I'd never picked up that it's exactly the same. He is absolutely trying to re- retain that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I saw this thing in the background. Well, that must mean something, but I didn't know what it was. And then he shows up in the old style cloak. Mm. Great. Great. It's just brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of details that I think mm. I will pick up on when I watch it again. And I will absolutely watch this one again. Yeah, I already recommend it. But it's just, it's too much to, to pick up on your first watch. And I think had I tried to take notes, I would have missed even more. Yeah, no, I, th- I right? think better. Stuff watching. would be happening on the screen while I was looking down and typing. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad... Um, Matthew, you kind of warned me that this might be one to immerse myself in. And I suggested that to Joseph and he said, oh yeah, you, you should probably not take notes. And so I just put my laptop down and I watched it and I'm really glad I did. Mm. So it's great. So this, um, I don't know if you've mentioned this, Matthew, but uh, this is a film that for some reason, probably because it's watchability, is repeated incessantly on ITV ITV2 or something. It's one of our one of our channels. Free, free view channels. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of our channels. And um and so it's almost to the point that you turn it on and you expect it to be on there. <laughs> yeah. Um but and because of that, my dad has watched this film a lot. Okay. Um however, last time I went home, this is my parents' story that I always um uh leverage into uh, when I'm uh, <laughs> talking to you guys. Normally it's mum, this is dad. So um and so last time I went home, I don't know, a month or so ago, uh, we watched this because I wanted to you know, I said, oh, let's watch this because I'm really prepared. And, um, and we're watching it. And oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. And then it gets to the part where um, Angel drives back, you know, back off to London in Danny's car and what have you. And then obviously the film keeps going. And my dad's just like, what the hell? Because he has fallen asleep <laughs> every time he's watched this. And he thought that's when it finished. <laughs> Oh, yes. oh, he knew nothing wonderful. about the, the shootout. <laughs> he thought that was just it. He just goes home. Yeah. <laughs> Model village, none of it. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's that's nice. And yeah, I can yep. see it because that's what you do. You watch a film at night, you fall asleep in front of it. Yep. Done. Yeah. It does have about four <laughs> endings. Yes. I I think generally they work. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but there is the coda at the end that is possibly not necessary. It's it's nice to see life continues and he's there and he's got his cottage and so on. But I liked it. Hmm. Yeah, because and, where and you see I it. knew you would. And that's kind of his his arc, Because is that also mm. where he's in the police station and uh, taking the Mickey and? Oh no, I mean, I, I mean, the they go into the grave and then oh. they get a call and he says, "Punch that S." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Speed off. Yeah, yeah. Have they ever talked about doing a sequel? Not that I've seen. Well, because it's part of the Cornetto trilogy. I suppose there's the, oh. the third one. Mm. Which one's the third one? Uh, well done. Oh, we're not doing it. Don't worry. Okay. Are you not? Okay. Okay. It's very average. It's fine. Yeah. I would just like to see more of Nicholas Angel. Mm. Yeah, a small town. Yeah, that is, Honestly. it's a very different character in the world. And uh, um, particularly that bit at the end, because I think when she comes on the radio, she calls him chief 
or Danny calls mm. him, someone calls him Chief, and it's just oh really? Oh, has he taken over? Oh, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Which would make yeah. sense, really. I mean, out of mm. any of them to mm. to be the leader there. Yeah, great. Yeah. So I do have a question for both of you. Mm. What's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> Well, my perfect Sunday is starting with a bit of a lion. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sleeping in, breakfast. Oh, yeah, days. American breakfast as well. Uh, you do do breakfast <laughs> yes. very well. Yeah, 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 a nice big breakfast, and and then just video games or movies or something where I don't have to go outside where the bugs live. <laughs> That's my perfect Sunday. But that is a great moment in the thing. And it's it's typical of their comedy of, he says, oh, I'll handle the press as though yeah. we're not giving a statement. But he actually wants to tell him what his perfect Sunday is. And he knows what the answer is. He just gives <laughs> the answer. But the fact that they do right. it multiple times. Yeah. yeah. yeah firstly, it's Messenger asking it. And then it's when it's the proper press. It's, I don't it. know what that mm-hmm. um, character's called, actually. The other, I don't know, is he a sergeant? I think he was a sergeant, wasn't he? Yeah. Probably. But I'm not seeing one on, on the list. Not Doris. That was Olivia Coleman. That was Olivia Coleman. Um, he's also one Tony of the, Fisher. Yeah, and he's one of those actors that kind of pops up in things, but I can mm. tell you what. Uh, minor roles in Game of Thrones, according to this. Mm. There's a few of them who were in Game of Thrones in this. Yeah, wasn't everyone in Game of Thrones? Oh. Well, there's that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and also it's, well, actually I've only just thought it's a callback as well, isn't it, to uh, Shaun of the Dead. Remind me, having not seen it for a little while? Well, at the end it's Sunday and what are they going to do? They're going to go mm. to the pub and they're going to put on a roast mm. and then watch nice. something on TV. Mm. Mm. So there's two bits of this that I think are really, really clever, that are exceptionally good that we've not mentioned. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to mention them. The, the first is the use of the power of Grayskull line. <laughs> like, it works the first time. Danny saying, by the power of Grayskull, because he's clearly, you know, of the age to have watched the He-Man cartoons, mm-hmm. to have been into it, mm-hmm. and, and now to be referencing it as well. Absolutely works. It's great. By the power of Grayskull. The fact they repeat the line, but it's then Nicholas Angel using it, who may or may not have watched the He-Man cartoon. Probably mm-hmm. did, because again, right sort of age for it, so it gets the reference. But when you look at the two scenes, one is Danny going into a world that is filled with guns and action and bombs, which is what he wants to be a part of and he's not a part of. And the other is Nicholas going into a world of DVDs and films and relaxing mm-hmm. and not being part of the force, <laughs> which is what he wants to be part of and doesn't know. It's really clever to find, a, a again, a sort of comic way that serves the plot of these two characters finally getting to experience something they've not, they've wanted mm. but not had before. Yeah. Great. And it's, it's a development in um, Nicholas's character as well, isn't it? Because even mm. if he did watch He-Man when he was younger, he definitely wouldn't have been quoting. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that impact that Danny's had on him. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'd ever thought about it before until watching this time going, oh, that's a really clever way to link them with a bit of comedy, mm. but to say these two scenes have a parallel between them. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, the other one is just a funny line, and it's one of the most <laughs> perfect funny lines ever. 
Yeah, you want to be a big cop in a small town? F*** off up the model village. And the fact we've had shots of and signs for the model village all the way through. And then it's just big cop in a small town. It's such a, a you know standard line for a film of this type. But because they've got a model village, they can take it to the nth degree. And setting up then for the model village. There's so well, exactly. many of those. Uh, yeah, and then it delivers. And it's, I mean, yeah. there's, there's the notebook, you know, that your life will be saved by the notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the ketchup. With the ketchup, yeah, mm-hmm. the ketchup in the, um, in the pub and then later on. Um, yeah. I heard on an interview that they spent, a, I think they revised the script a number of times and it was oh, a few years. And you can just see it. Mm. Supposedly 30 something action films are referenced. Amazing. Amazing. They so just sat down and watched the tons of them before writing it oh, wow i picked up on point break in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> same <laughs> but, but when they get to the model village and you get that shot of the car flying over it which is just mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> and hilarious and then he's holding the ginger nut captive but the ginger nut bites him uh-huh. <laughs> and runs away and he ends up with one of the most graphically violent moments in oh. any film where you end up with, with the church steeple through his yeah. neck, through his jaw. Yeah. It's, it's quite strong for a film of this sort. I know Tim Messenger's death really was... Yes. That one yes. was a bit much. I kind of look away from the screen when he's staggering around. But to have Timothy Dalton still talking. <laughs> and, and About ice cream. With the, the obsession this film has with ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but Dalton's perfect in that role as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The kind yeah. of sleaziness of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and I love how they've leaned into how sinister he is. I'm a slasher and I must be stopped. You're a what? A slasher. Of prices. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Simon Skinner. I run the local supermarché. Stop in and see me sometime. My discounts are criminal. Catch me later! All too many have defected to the big megamart in Buford Abbey. May their heads be struck from their shoulders for such disloyalty. My... Nonsense. I'm sure if we bashed your head in, all sorts of secrets would come tumbling out. <laughs> <laughs> and all the references on his car radio and yeah oh just beautifully done mm. and yeah somehow they've got a james bond in here yeah <laughs> doing stuff mandy timothy dalton was james bond for a couple of films yes he was um oh before it, he was the one they wanted to take over from sean connery but he thought he was too young too so young. he took over mm-hmm. from roger moore okay. and then he was supposed to do more films but there was a whole legal thing and then it went to pierce brosnan Mm. Mm. It's a good bond though, Cliff like gritty, mm. quite a bit like Craig actually. Mm. Mm. Okay. Angry Bond, but but uh, he has the other thing I always think of with this film, which is that great shot when he uh, allows them to leave the shop and he turns to them with a grin, and he's got the photo behind yep. him of him <laughs> grinning as well. Of him grinning, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to be there. It's a throwaway thing, but it's so <laughs> funny on screen. Yes. Oh, and he's so think, evil with mm. all of his uh, all of his references and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I bet yeah. if we bashed your head in all sorts yeah. of things would come tumbling out. Like who says that? <laughs> who says that? <laughs> 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 all right, is there anything else 
that we haven't discussed about this one that we should? Other than me just listing all of the funny things, no. I, oh, I mean, one thing that is obviously very important to me and someday, Matthew, is the, um, the Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann and the, the Dancing to Love Fall. I just... Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking of this so happy. It's, it's the fact that it's not just Romeo and Juliet, it's Baz Luhrmann's Romeo yeah. and Juliet. It's perfect. Yeah. The, the kiss she gives him when he's supposed to be dead but goes back for a second kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, is this movie the reason you refuse to watch that version of Romeo and Juliet? Well, I don't. I, I only refuse because Laura wants me to, just to be clear. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't watched it because it's Romeo and Juliet. It's not no. a great story. Not Romeo I have and Juliet, seen it's Baz Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. And I didn't like Moulin Rouge. <sighs> oh, that still hurts my heart. And The Great Gatsby is only good for the first half of the movie. Anyway. That's the, uh, you know, it just makes me think of other bits that are so good. The fact they're so excited that they had this person who was a cadaver on prime suspect and an extra on straw dogs. <laughs> and that's exactly the sort of small town thing, you know, in, mm-hmm. in Godoming. We're so excited because the, the memorial park is named after the signalman on the Titanic, who was the first one to radio about <laughs> sinking and so on. You know, not a significant thing, but someone who's recorded in history, he is Godoming's famous son. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's either that or the fact we're the first place in the UK that got streetlights, electric streetlights. That's you know why we're famous, and it's exactly what they do in this film. They're like, he was an extra on Straw Dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mandy, I'm surprised you haven't talked about the thing from Point Break that they set up in this and then do in this. It was one of my favorite moments. I did think it would be, but and, it, it absolutely was. Like I love the way they kept talking about it. And then I was like, as soon as he picked up the gun and started pointing it at his dad, I was like, oh, oh, he's going to do the thing. And then he did the thing. And it was completely unironically. <laughs> yeah. And it it was so wholesome. Mm. <laughs> it's the best word I can think of. Uh, it was great. Yeah. And to have it be Nick Frost who did it, mm. it worked so well. Yeah. Friendship anger bullets. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I had forgotten about that, actually. <laughs> but that that is, in some ways, the reason we watched Point Break. Oh, really? It's just I so wanted I... to make sure you got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have, absolutely. Mm. Like, there would have been a lot of things in this that I didn't. But I am I am glad I watched Point Break first. Like, really glad. And, you know, more, more Keanu is better than less Keanu, so. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Have we covered okay. have we covered everyone's lists? One thing I'm just checking with this format is are you gonna ask me for film recommendations? I wasn't planning to, but if there is something you want to recommend or anything you want to plug. No, no, just recommend some recommendations. Well, I was thinking about Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I love you, Laura. <laughs> and my best friend's wedding. Let's let's go and watch high. Oh, I love you. Oh my god. So justice this is amazing. For- I love it. Hashtag justice for MBFW. Yes. Because Josie otherwise would kill me. Or we could go and watch High School Musical, which is a much better version of Romeo and Juliet. You've not seen it. Why don't How we could just you know? watch? I've seen Romeo and Juliet in a number not, of different, different forms. There's guns. Okay, guns doth not a different film make. <laughs> and you, it's, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. It is such a 90s cultural touchstone it that I'm surprised so you don't 90s. know watch it just for that reason. 
No, I don't want to watch it because you want me to watch it. <laughs> friendship, Matty, friendship. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not saying you'll still enjoy it, but I think you'll find it interesting. Mm. Um, whereas I think you would actually enjoy My Best Friend's Wedding. Sure. Does it have Keanu Reeves in it? Yes. Or Tilda Swinton or Alison Janney? Then I would watch it. They're all in it. <laughs> I love that your recommendations are for Matthew and not for me. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so one thing I was thinking that is, uh, it's sort of a very British comedy, is Keeping Mum. Which I don't know if, Matthew, if you've seen it. The name's not ringing a bell. We've got um, Dame Maggie Smith, Ron Atkinson, Kirsten Scott Thomas. It's mm. quite gentle comedy, but it's also very British. And with a twist. I so. feel like I have. Mm. I can't remember anything about it. It feels like a sort of, you know, Channel 4. Sunday. Random yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Mandy, have you seen Bad Boys 1? No. Okay. I was actually wondering, do you need to see Bad Boys 1 to see Bad Boys 2? Because mm-hmm. Nicholas Angel obviously hasn't. But, like, it's weird to start in the middle of a franchise. Not that we've ever done that before here on <laughs> Pop Culturally Deprived. <laughs> I would be interested in the discussion of which film is better. Because Bad Boys 2 does do some things better than Bad Boys 1. But Bad Boys 1 is very good in and of itself. I thought it was just general accepted that Bad Boys 2 was good and that's why that's the one people talk about. I'm I'm worried about how the films would come across in a modern era. I am not sure they will have aged as well as others. There's just been a new one, haven't there? The last? Yes. Which I've not seen. Oh. I've not seen. No. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of movies I haven't seen, <laughs> what is next, Matthew? Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek Nemesis is next. <laughs> <laughs> it's great working with pros. I did remember to look it up. Yeah, if you knew, why are you asking me? Hey, that's entrapment. You have to tell me. <laughs> I did tell you. Um, yes, we are finishing off the Star Trek core franchise with Nemesis that will explain all the stuff in Picard that you didn't understand. Mm. Oh, does it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to learn anything new nemesis but i also feel like i just need i need to close it out yeah i need absolutely. to watch it because we watched all the other ones mm-hmm. um but i am firmly entrenched in the star trek world right now mm-hmm. because we are watching discovery every week we've started watching lower decks which is amazing okay is there anything that we want to hear from people this week matthew uh i think we should hear from people this week their best attempts at the somerset accent <laughs> <laughs> come and talk to me about the ways you would boil and mash them or stick them in a stew with your potatoes what we need is a few good taters what's taters brushes what's taters huh? potatoes boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew Okay. Mm. Well, if you would like to do that, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. Or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Or you can even leave us an audio message of your best Somerset accent at speakpipe.com slash eloquentgushing. 
I am Mandy Kay, and you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay. Laura, is there anything you want to plug at the end? Whether it's yourself, whether it's your company, things? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm on Twitter, Laura, uh, at Laura Geeks Out. So, yes, please come say hello. Well worth it, particularly because you've been doing some fun watch-alongs. Yes. Or, or oh, live yeah, no, tweets, that's a good thing. That's a good mm. thing to plug. I am about 50 episodes behind on PCD <laughs> because um, there are certain films I want to watch because I have found out I am as pop culturally, culturally deprived as Mandy with certain things. So yeah, there's lots of particularly old films I've never watched. So yes, I'm, when I'm watching them and catching up, I am doing a tweet along. So um, yes, come and join for that. And you've got about two tweets into watching the godfather and still haven't <laughs> yeah well to be fair yeah this is now going to be my fourth attempt to watch the godfather to be fair i got two tweets in because biden was announced and i thought you yes. know what that's probably more more important for me to focus on than this 50 year old film or whatever mm. it is. Okay. absolutely i was gonna ask have you gotten to the godfather yet because i've seen you several times say i was gonna start it <laughs> but i don't have enough time to watch this long movie i was gonna do it but no i'm doing this other one instead yeah i'm literally five minutes in love it okay all right well worth a follow i thoroughly recommend thank you so much for joining us thank you for coming on with Hot it Buzz. has been a delight thank you excellent and i haven't even got i, I said i was going to go all, on all about supergrass and i haven't supergrass are wonderful supergrass did the song caught by the fuzz, by the fuzz. which is the other thing i think about with this film which plays mm-hmm. out over the end credits because supergrass oh, was okay. that that cd was like the first cd i bought when i got a cd player no oh, you're one of those boys okay. right <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. I do like Supergrass a lot. I did buy all their albums. Is that indicative of something? That's what what have I'm I saying. missed? <laughs> I I was not a floppy haired hat wearing yeah 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 mod type. <laughs> I was a black t shirt Metallica listening type. But Supergrass also tickle a lot of itches of you know good fun music. <laughs> but you did have floppy hair, didn't you? I did. I do. Yes, and did have floppy hair. Yes, there's no getting away from floppy hair, but not in the same sort of. Shaggy... So you were just missing the hat. That was it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> all right. Me and ocean right. color scene. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Vos. And don't forget, Pop Culture Deprived is completely funded by our lovely listeners through Patreon. You can get access to exclusive shows, early access to shows, all sorts of bonus content, and physical merch if you go and support us. Which does obviously support us it helps us to develop the shows and keep bringing out the podcasts that you love so if you want to find out more go to patreon.com slash eloquent gushing yeah pay your creators (laughs) yes thank you laura (laughs) Uh, we will be back next week with another episode where we are going to talk about star trek nemesis so until then i am andy k and have you ever fired two guns whilst jumping through the air nope no comment Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.